Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. We are so excited. Breaking news. Unchained TV is speaking live with the animal rights leaders who helped achieve an historic breakthrough for animals and animal rights. South Korea has now voted to ban the dog meat trade. There were tears of joy outside the South Korean parliament after this groundbreaking vote was taken. Last Chance for Animals and its sister organization, Animal Liberation Wave led the charge to end this brutal dog meat industry. And Last Chance for Animals President Chris DeRose and Animal Liberation Wave President Jian Lee, who is joining us live from South Korea, are here to talk about what this means for dogs everywhere and animals everywhere. We're also joined by Sheena Gao, who rescues so-called meat dogs from China. So what does this mean for the dogs in China? Will this ban on dog meat spread to the rest of the world? We hope so, but let's find out. So excited to have oh, my heroes. Let's start with Chris DeRose, founder and president of Last Chance for Animals. What an historic breakthrough. Put it in perspective. How big is this, Chris? This is international. This is huge. It's the biggest thing that I know of in my 45 years in the movement that have... Uh, that took place that is this big in magnitude with the government of one very productive country working in cooperation with uh, NGOs. And this is the first time I've seen this ever happen. And, um, and it's really, really exciting. As you can see, the, vid the video there and the picture says it all. It just says how, these, um, how excited the activists were. Some were in shock. Some were so ecstatic that they just couldn't... Uh, hold themselves back. And uh, you could see, I mean, you could see here the prime minister with the blue scarf and uh, uh, she's, she was um, a minister of par par parliament member. And um, she's the one who introduced the bill initially and has stuck with it all this time. And then this is Jian Lee. Jian Lee is, uh, was head of the, is head of the Animal Liberation Wave, which is the sister organization to LCA. And basically, she was the frontline soldier and doing all this and also the frontline thinker and creator of different uh, events, different campaigns that we could go after to bring attention to this issue. It was one we had to keep it in front of them nonstop to let them know that this is just not a bunch of people out here demonstrating and then they're going to go away and we're OK for another year. You know, no, that's what's been happening. So what we did is we set up a plan to have many um, uh, demonstrations, many, um, yeah, I am, many yeah. demonstrations, and um, uh, just to keep it out there, keep it in front of them, having laser lights shining on the Blue House Dome, which was unheard of at, at any time. I mean, even for LCA, uh, that was unheard of. Um, so, you know, we, we, act, we actually acted as a uh, liaison between um, 
the uh, animal liberation wave and uh, what was going to happen out there. We gave advice. We helped in that sense. We helped in a lot of different areas. But the credit is all due to Animal Liberation Wave and Gian Lee. Well, you could just see how emotional everybody is. This literally is history in the making. And of course, it's great news for dogs, but I think it's also great news for animals everywhere. And um, I just want to applaud everybody who worked so hard to make this happen. Uh, what an historic day. And uh, there you see Jean Lee and Chris DeRose, who are joining us today, speaking after this historic vote. And Jean Lee, I want to talk to you about some of the incredible sort of techniques that you use to get across to the public that this is something that must, must end and must end now. Um, we also have to talk about the fact that there is a three-year adjustment period that is built into the law. So the dog meat farmers, of whom there are, what, more than a thousand, uh, uh, still can ply their trade for uh, three years, is my understanding. Bring us up to date. Tell us exactly what this vote said and what it means. And again, you are joining us live from South Korea. What a privilege to have you. Um, it's such an honor to be um, joining this show. And um, yeah, um, well, as Chris explained, we've done, for the last six years, we've done multiple campaigns, um, actions and demonstrations, um, both like hosted by LC. Oh, well, South Trans Korea. Animals and the Animal Liberation Way, but also, also we've been... Um, uh, in the forefront to collaborate with the coalition itself, which means we've, we have a bunch of NGOs who have been working in South Korea tirelessly to um, end dog meat trade. And um, well, basically the tactics that we used is um, get um, the MPs, the members of parliament to be able to continue to speak um, about the necessity to end this brutal dog meat trade. And that um, that um, was about really making creative scenes um, that South Korean people have not um, seen before. That like this kind of thing can also happen in animal rights movement in South Korea, which is as you see, this is like gigantic banner that we dropped um, on top of a building that is in a really strategic um, location in, in, in the heart of Seoul. That, so after we did this action, I've been hearing from my um, friends who are not really looking into these issues news every time, but they had seen this um, banner um, going down in, while they were commuting to work on like bus or cars. So yeah, this is what we have been doing continuously. And um, yeah, because, um, thanks to this this kind of effort and all the efforts compiled um, uh, from the local organizations and international too, um, I'm glad that we had this um, ban passed not to not to uh, not too much later than January um, 2024 this year because it also could have been the case that we we will be we we would have seen the passage in um, sort of a delayed in time, such as like 2024 May or something. But it was like really to our surprise that um, ruling party and the opposition party has actually 
really uh, met their promise. They made it come true that they, um, uh, the promise that they made that they will make sure to pass this law early. I want to jump in because we've got callers lined up. Don't want to lose them. Michael in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our team of heroes. Yeah, listen, I, uh, I am so excited by this news, best news all year so far. Uh, I actually adopted a, a South Korean rescue dog seven years ago, and it's been a real challenge, but I'm so grateful to have them in my life, and I'm just really thankful that this happened and to everyone that made it happen, you know. And my, my question is this. Um, you know, I know that uh, dog meat is actually an older cultural thing. I don't think many of the younger people that live in these uh, countries where they still, you know, consume dog meat, uh, you know, so I, one of my question is, do you think as the older generation dies off, that this will be a natural progression to where what happened in South Korea will happen in China, Vietnam, and these other countries? Thank you. Yeah, and I, I'd like to toss that out to Sheena Gao. Sheena Gao is somebody who uh, rescues dogs from China. I've actually attended a couple of your events. We're going to play a little bit of that in a second. But do you think, and there were articles that said, well, what is China going to do now? Because there's a Yulin Dog Me Festival that is horrific, and I've got footage of that. I, I only want to play like 30 seconds of it because it's very disturbing. I mean, it disturbed me to edit it. I'm getting tears in my eyes just editing it, um, thinking about editing it this morning. Uh, let's play that for 30 seconds. It's difficult. Only 30 seconds, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Um, Sheena, what, what are your thoughts about it spreading to China? Um, I'm really hoping this winning in South Korea will set a precedence for China to change its way and change its way of looking at animals and looking at dogs as a consumption uh, meat. And it's just not going to uh, prolong. I feel like it's going to change. Most of the Chinese do not want dog meat to be on their plate. And you cannot really even buy dog meat, just go to a grocery store. I grew up in China. I didn't even know there was dog meat until I actually come to America just a few years ago. At the start of 2015, it came to my radar that China is a huge consumption of dog meat. And I was telling people, no, no, it's not happening because I grew up in China. Never seen that before. And a little do I know, China, um, certain regions, there's five different regions that huge consumption of dog meat, including Guangxi, Guangdong province, which is uh, one of the biggest, uh, the dog meat trades there. It's called Yulin Dog Meat Festival. That happens every June during, the, uh, I think it's the summer solstice. They celebrate that, uh, consume dog meat and uh, lychee wine. So I do believe it's going to stop. Young generation do not want to see that's happening. 
Okay, and that I'm just going to jump out because we've got callers lining up. This has touched a nerve. I want to get to them all. Nilofar in Dallas, Texas, your question or thought for our panel of heroes. Wow, dude, this is huge. It, it is such a pleasure to to meet you all. Um, we just saw that it literally took an act of God to pass this dog meat ban in South Korea. A two-part question. Can it be reversed during the three years? Or if it does move forward, do you expect a weak or strong enforcement of the law? Okay, Krista Rose. I'm going to pass that on to Jian. Uh, Jian. more up on that than I am. And um, and plus, I didn't hear the whole question. Okay, Jian. Um, <clears throat> I think um, the possibility of getting this and reversed is almost zero, like close to zero, because this is a, it's, this is not just a uh, announcement that a regime made or um, a policy that um, government um, seeks to uh, um, implement. It, this is really a law that is now going to be promulgated um, that was passed with um, uh, unanimous voting, almost unanimous voting. So we don't have a case where uh, we like revoke it. Um, we, could, we will have, I mean, what will happen is we will have favorable amendments, I would say, to um, uh, better it, better it and um, maybe um, solve some loopholes that we would, uh, we missed with, uh, last year or this year to make a law, make this law pass quickly. Yeah, that's what I think. And also um, about your yeah enforcement is that I would believe this is going to be um, over 50% um, enforced. Um, I mean, like if we are talking about from zero to 100% of the satisfactory level of the enforcement, I would say this would stay between 50% uh, 50 to 100% because this law was also backed by the ruling People Power Party and for the most thing, the First Lady, um, which means this government will need to act really strong to implement because they want to take the credit. They don't want to, they don't want to be remembered to South Korean people who um, after the law's passage did a bad job in enforcing this whole thing. And for the most thing, we, for the most thing, we do have like um, not only um, last chance for animals and ALW animal liberation wave on the ground. We do have many local groups who are all scattered all over the country um, so we've got activists, many activists who are really monitored, ready to monitor, and we're we're just all over the country. So and we are really ready to make uh, deliver our op strong opinions to the uh, Ministry of to the Department of Ministry of Agriculture, uh, Agriculture Ministry of Agriculture, who will be um, the the task who who is currently formulating the task force already to really enforce this. Um, Bill, uh, great news. It's great news that there's going to be enforcement because here in California, we passed Prop 2, we passed Prop 12, no enforcement, no enforcement. So what does it mean? 
Okay, we're we're going to run through these callers because we've got so many of them. So quick answers. Thank you. Rudy in Dallas, Texas, your question or thought. Greetings from Dallas, Texas. It's freezing over here. <laughs> but anyway, um, I've actually been to Korea uh, four times to campaign against uh, dog meat. And I actually met Eugene Lee and Kristen Rose and Kim Bassinger back in 2018. They don't remember, but I was there in front of the National Assembly. And I've also done work with uh, KDS, Jenny Kim, and also with uh, uh, Hangang, with Mr. Wansun Park and Ms. Uh, Bang. And I've been to dog meat farms. And I'm very happy that this bill finally passed. Um, my question is, since they have a three-year transitional period, what I'm afraid of is there's going to be a, an increase in dog meat farms in order to gain, um, you know, to gain government <coughs> to shut it down. Uh, what's the probability of that happening? Uh, excellent question. And, you know, again, thank you for your patience. We got somebody in South Korea. We got somebody in Dallas, Texas. It's the miracle of conversation, but it's not going to be like we're sitting next to each other talking on the couch. So basically what he's saying is with the three-year transition period, um, you know, could they ramp up production to try to make some money at the last minute? And um, what is going to happen to the dogs that are currently behind bars now in these dog farms? Jeanne, uh, do you want to handle that? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, this is a question that is raised in South Korea, too. What, and by the way, I remember you, Rudy. <laughs> and um, I would say... Um, on the process of this bill, uh, this law, when it was first introduced and when it was being discussed in the National Assembly and in the process, the Ministry of Agriculture has been also delivering their opinion, how they think about this um, law, the, the bill, um, to the National Assembly. And hearing that, the content was, they was really caught, the government was really cautious not to hint that they are going to um, uh, compensate by the number of dogs uh, dog farmers hold in their farms. And um, not only they are hinting, they are not hinting that this will happen, they are actually really active in speaking to us, us that they have no plan of really making this happen, like compensating by the number of farms. And so, which means they are also aware of the problem. And I think government is also in the position that um, if, the, if they make this happen, it's going to be tremendous amount of expenditure. It's going to mean tremendous amount of expenditure that Ministry of Agriculture would have to be um, admitted to um, spend by the Ministry of Finance in, in South Korea, and which is really hard, hard to happen, I would say. So at this point in time, I can't really um, say that this is going to happen. This is not going to happen. But that's what I got. But that that's overall sense that I'm feeling. But then again, of course, that uh, the monitoring is really the key, which is why I've been emphasizing before that local groups uh, would have to be really investigating. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go to the next call. What's happening in their farms? I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's all about enforcement. And, you know, um, somebody just said at an LCA anti-fur demo that she considered herself the anti-fur police because California has passed a ban on the sale of new fur. And she went into some stores on her own and found out that they were still selling new fur. And she contacted LCA and you guys are taking action on that. Way to go. 
But when she said, we have to be our own fur police, I thought, bingo, that is really true. So when the government isn't doing its job of enforcement, you guys on the ground in South Korea have to you know, go in there and, and enforce this law. And boy, that's, that's a big job. You have done so much already. Paige in Los Angeles, we've got a couple of callers here. So let's race through them. Paige, what do you got to say? Hello. I just wanted to throw this question over to Krista Rose and say, uh, first of all, hi, hi, everyone. Thank you so much. It's a huge success. And what had you start Last Chance for Animals? And how long have you been fighting for this ban? Thank you very much. We've, we've been fighting for the ban for uh, cohesively for about six years. But um, we had been in there doing preliminary uh, research and stuff to see what needed to be done. And uh, that went on for about eight years altogether. And um, and then we were in China before that, so we got our licks in China as well. Um, so it's, um, it's it, but cohesively we've been working with ALW for six years. And um, uh, it's been a real cooperation and GN has been great. She's been able to, uh, create things for to keep it out there like these banners like the laser lights like the demonstrations the demonstrations with the dead puppies um uh and uh we use that um and i modeled that after some other uh group had done it and i just said you know what this works let's use it let's let's um let's make it happen so we just we just keep um, we kept it out there. It's the thing that we did. We kept this out there so that the government of South Korea didn't think this was just a passing phase. This is something that was going to be here until they changed the law. And it's an embarrassment to the to the country that many many South Koreans despise this whole uh, dog meat trade. They don't dislike it. They despise it because it makes them look bad. And uh, and it's not all Koreans that are. Uh, uh, bad on this. It's just a, a, the minority, but the minority speaks up. And this is what we did. We, we came in there. We, we spoke up. We, uh, we um, had demonstrations. We had them internationally. We had demonstrations at the same time in Washington, D.C. and New York City, La, Los Angeles at the uh, uh, Korean, uh, uh, Korean consulate here. We had uh, demonstrations everywhere. Um, so Whatever, wherever it, the problem was, LCA was there, ALW was there. And, um, and as far as enforcement, you could bet your, your last dollar, I'm going to make sure that the enforcement is taking, taking place. We've had a meeting on this before we left um, South Korea a few days ago. And, um, and it's an understanding now that the GN has and we have that the most important thing now is enforcement, making sure that it, and, and cooperation, cooperation with the NGOs and cooperation with the, uh, with the new bill being passed. So uh, I'm going to jump in only because we've got so many callers. I also have a few questions. Thank you, everybody. Sam in Pasadena, your question or thought for our panel of heroes. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, hi, Jane. Thank you so much. Congratulations on such a huge win for dogs and all animals. Thank you all for your dedication in saving dogs. It just goes to show that perseverance and persistence can change hearts and minds, even for such a long-standing practice. My question is, 
What are some of the biggest challenges you guys face when pushing for this dog ban in South Korea? Thank you. Great question. Jian, you want to handle that one? Again, she's speaking from the South Korea. Challenges that we faced? Yes. In the past that we... Um, the challenges that we faced is... Um, is Okay, here's the biggest challenge. Um, the MPs, we've got, uh, we had MPs, uh, members in the parliament, National Assembly, who was willing, who were willing to propose a law about um, banning the dog meat trade. But then again, it was so hard to make the bill actually get processed, um, passed in relevant committee in the first place, which is agriculture committee and proceed to the Judiciary Committee and Plenary Session. This was because, looking back, it was hard to make the dog meat ban a formal program, <coughs> priority policy of any of the two biggest party that we have. But the good thing is, last year, all of a sudden, the situation changed. So there was a... Um, instigated by the first lady's comment, I would say. There was a competition between the ruling People Power Party and the opposition Democratic, Par Democratic Party to take, this, take their lead on this issue. So that was the success factor that um, made this passage of dog meat ban that was so much wanted within a year looking back. Wow. Okay. I'm going to jump in and let's go to more callers. I mean, this has just touched a nerve. Sarah in Culver City, your question or thought for our panel of heroes. Yes, I have a question for you. <coughs> that they voted that they don't want to um, have the dog meat in South Korea. Two questions. One, are, do they breed dogs for this specific Thing, or will they shut down all the breeding facilities there? Because that's a huge problem. As we know, the more animals bred is a big problem. Um, so they don't go into shelters and stuff. And then if this is going away in South Korea, what's the time? You know, is it going to be a year from now? Is it immediate? And then do you see that China is going to continue doing this kind of stuff? Or do you see like, is there an agreement with shipping these dogs to other countries for dog meat? I just want to know, like, what's going on because it could stop somewhere but just be going on in another place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we do. Excellent questions. Now, we just want to bring you up to date because we've been covering this. It goes into effect in three years. And so that answers that question. But the folks here, the heroes and the activists you see, in this video who were celebrating after the vote are not going to just stand by for three years and do nothing. So um, please tell us what you're going to do in that three-year time period. And also, yeah, people don't realize that there are farms that breed these dogs, just like in the United States, we have farms that breed cows and pigs. And in fact, there is a huge you know, contingency of people who say, well, isn't this hypocritical? We're factory farming pigs who actually have a higher IQ than dogs, which is not really something that should count at all. But uh, it just happens to be the fact. And look how we keep pigs. OK, we keep pigs in gestation crates the size of their bodies, unable to turn around and scratch themselves. It is a literally 
torture device. And Americans are eating an average of 66.18 pounds of pork per year. So there's a very good argument to be made that it's hypocrisy for us to call out um, another country uh, while we are systematically torturing animals here for food. Um, I'd like to get some roundtable on that because I think that is a really crucial fact. Now, nobody here on this panel eats animals, uh, so we're not the problem, but it's the people who love dogs and continue to eat other animals that, that, in my opinion, are the ones who have a disconnect between their views about animals, how animals should be treated, and what their actions are. Chris, take it away. You know, I wanted to just bring up something that was real important. I didn't want to interrupt you before. I mean, that's the um, um, the, the uh, spokesperson for the Ag Committee. He came out, and when he announced that they uh, they voted on it, first the subcommittee voted on it, and then the Ag Committee voted on it, and both have said this is going to be a bill that's going to be put into effect. That's going to be a law, and there's no there's no skirting around it because there'll be se- severe penalties, fines of up to thirty two thousand dollars U.S. dollars. There's there'll be um, uh, imprisonment of three years. So they they've said some powerful words, which is I've never heard before in any bill, even the Proposition Two in California and all these. I've never heard jail sentences and major fines like that. And then the and then the committee's coming out and saying that that it's a uh, uh, that they're going to enforce it. This is not something to play with. This is something that's going to be serious. That they're putting a lot of in, a lot into it, and that's the that's the beauty of this. The government, yes, it moves a little bit slower than we activists, but it moves in a cohesive manner, and uh, and and that's what we we need to see. We've got to believe that they're going to tell the truth because their names are on the on the line, their reputations are on the line, and. Um, and and it's 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 a bill. It's a law. It's going to be a, it's a law. So whatever it is, it's going to be something that needs to be. Uh, and let me just jump in and say, I would hope that there's a way of approaching these farmers who actually protested, and there were fights outside the parliament. You know, we chose not to bring you that, but there were fist fights outside with the with the dog farmers that farm dogs just like other people farm pigs here in the United States. Uh, saying, you know, it's jobs, you're taking away our jobs, which is always the argument throughout time, whether it's civil rights, women's rights, uh, anytime somebody wants to keep power for whatever it is that they're doing that ends up causing a lot of suffering for somebody else, another being or another person, they always cite jobs. This is the first thing. And you know what? There will be new jobs created as people try to have uh, other sorts of uh, food to eat, uh, like plant-based meats, which actually originated in Asia. Tofu has been eaten for centuries in Asia, and it's not something that the United States invented at all. You might say the Asian world is the leader in meat alternatives. Uh, Jian. Yes, I totally agree. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, let me go to Sheena on this. Sheena, there is a sense that people are saying, some people are saying, look, we're in the in the United States, we're saying, oh, oh, this is terrible, this is horrible, because we look at dogs as pets, which they also do in South Korea and China as well. The pet population is growing rapidly, companion animals, it's a growing industry. But 
they're also saying there's a certain hypocrisy for people who are eating pigs saying, how dare you eat dogs? I just want to address that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a, a speciesism. Certain animals are uh, to be eaten. Others are to be as a pet, like a pet and a pig. I saw a, a picture before. They said, what's the difference between panda and pig? Just the outer skin. They look the same, actually. Um, so I do believe a lot of people, I transitioned into veganism from fighting against dog meat. And, and in 2016, I've noticed that I started fight and then start to connect the thoughts. I realized meat is meat. Animal is animal. They're all sentient. And just eat one and treat the other one. Uh, there's no equality in human or humanity. We should all treat all living beings equally. So we against dog nutrient, against pig, eating pig, eating cows. This is just some I believe that we should not be eating any living beings. All right. We've got one more caller. Annie and Sherman Oaks, your question or thought for our panel. Oh, hi. Thank you for this. Oh, my God. I'm so stoked up. Thank you so much, heroes. Appreciate you all what for all you do. Christy Rose, wow, heroic. Um, I want to ask um, maybe two-part question. Is there any other bills to try and stop reproduction? Because this has come up earlier from questions of dogs. Because these farms are per perpetuating. And what was the most powerful strategic thing that you've done? I know this has been years you've been working on. Bless you. Heroes in all meanings. But what was the most powerful strategic thing that you did you feel that was most effective? So that we can Chris, adapt that. Take it away, Chris. The investigations, the expose of the, what's going on in the slaughterhouses, what's going on in the dog farms, what's going on in the uh, auction houses. This was constantly you know, got, gotten out there. And it's um, we had cameras inside these places, GoPro cameras that uh, had maybe five or six GoPro cameras going nonstop, nonstop. So we had hundreds of hours of video. And that video really is what shook the world when they saw what was going on in there. And it's un, unedited. It's nothing that uh, we could they could say we edited this in there or out this out of there. Nothing like that. And um, so it was very powerful. And then and then doing the campaigns on it, setting up a, a faux dog meat slaughter place in the uh, center of uh, Seoul, and um, making it look like you're doing exactly what you would be doing with a uh, a dog in a slaughterhouse, slamming it down on the ground. But, of course, it's a, it's a dummy dog. And um, that was very effective. And then the laser beam on the, on the uh, dome of the Blue House, sending a message in Korean, uh, sending a message uh, that this is wrong and that the, the government needs to get behind it and ban it once and for all. So um, that's it. So what would you say, Jian, was the most successful strategy? I would pick media presence because government really is very sensitive. Well, both government officials and the members of parliament are very sensitive to media coverage. So LCA and ALW has been as doing two or three campaigns every year and investigation 
getting it out to the major media that's that includes TV. So I would think that um, continuous media coverage and, and public awareness campaigns really, it piled up to make this change happen. And on this point also about what Jane explained about, uh, raised about what are we going to do with factory farms? Is this, um, isn't it like hypocrisy to ban only dog meat? I totally agree. And what this case that we experienced in South Korea could mean is how I really think because South Korea, in South Korea, um, anti-movement about dog meat trade is something that happened over the last 30 years by continuous participation of different peoples. It just piled up. And what we saw in this country is that public perception opposing the dog meat trade has been slowly rising up. And it's right before the bill's passage, just this month, we were seeing absolute amount, um, 81%, 70 eight or nine percent of South Koreans now for le the legal change to ban this, which wasn't the case in five years ago or 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. So what this means is how even if we could think any action by itself doesn't change the world, it just piles up. And it's I think it's really important that we keep on doing this because that changes slowly the people's opinions and their behaviors and the members of parliament, parliament, politicians, governments are they're they're just always going for the these changes in public per perception because they want to rule. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. And you see here, this is from South Korea outside the parliament building after the historic vote was taken. You see Chris speaking, you see Jen Lee speaking, you see all of these folks. Uh, my my thought is. Does it change the attitudes of South Koreans toward all animals? Is there a growing vegan movement in South Korea along with a movement toward having dogs as companion animals and showing compassion to dogs? Jian. Sure thing. Um, Animal Liberation Wave is also actually on the forefront, really in the forefront to make this happen in South Korea, because we are renowned in South Korea as a first organization in the country to put animal liberation on the forefront to liberate all the species of beings and to put anti-speciesism on the forefront and really act, um, spread words about veganism, how South Korean people should adopt more vegan lifestyle. So, and this is also very interesting is how over the last three or four, no, I would say four, four to five years, three, three to four years, that veganism has been appearing a lot in the media stream. So I would say five years ago, if, when, when um, five or six year, years ago, when we were not existent, we did see in the mainstream media, people talking about vegetarianism. Um, but Really, veganism was not there, or or even anti-speciesism, or even a word about animal liberation, or the necessity to uh, free these farm animals from exploitation. So 
what's happening but what's happening now is that if i turn on tv i could suddenly see vegan cosmetic products being advertised really and yes we are we, we're just seeing a growing fast growing of vegan movement in south korea and i've i've experienced fast growing of young vegans in south korean uh, among south korean young generations and this is something huge and i would like to pinpoint that every South Korean think about our country that when we adopt, when we are willing to adopt any change, this is, we are a small country. Go ahead. Really fast. Sometimes living really fast produces some problems, but a good thing is we're also fast in adopting good changes. So that's actually, that's what I got to, to say to your question. Well, I'd like to say that I have another very special guest who is with me now. And this is one of my two rescue dogs, Wednesday, who was somebody tried to dump her at a shelter in Los Angeles. And the shelters are so overrun and frankly mismanaged that they actually said, oh, no, just take her back where you found her. And luckily, a rescuer heard that and rescued her. And now she is my little my little companion animal. But like so many Americans, I love my dogs. You'll meet my other dog Sunday in a second. Uh, I consider dogs the gateway drug to compassion to animals because people love their dogs like they're, they're their children because they essentially are their children. I know people who have five or six children, but they always talk about their dogs every time I see them. So let me ask the big question. And I'd like to get a roundtable from everybody. Chris, as this, in fact, let me play what you said in South Korea about how the world is watching all of this. And then we're going to talk about the implications for the world when it comes to compassionate dogs and translating that into compassion for all animals. The world is watching. I say to you again now, the world is watching. The people that have gathered here today have, have been by no means alone in their fight for the lives of millions of dogs slaughtered every year. So, Chris, you said the world is watching. Is the world getting the message that it's not just about dogs in South Korea? That's huge. It's a huge victory, but it's really about all animals everywhere. Yes, it is. And... Um especially farm animals, because these dogs on the, on the, on the dog meat slaughter line were raised in, on farms, in factory farms. And uh, so anything to do with factory farm animals, yes. And I think anything to do with any animals in general, yes. It's, um, it, it sends a message. It sends a message, number one, it can be done. It can be done on this scale, and it has been done. Now we've proven it, it could get done on a national level. And, uh, and let me tell you, the dog lobbyists, they were very powerful. They were very vocal. They were very uh, in your face on things. But we, we got just as aggressive, but in a very more of a political way. And uh, so, yes, we, uh, we, we feel that um, we, it's made a difference all around the world. It's like, it's like throwing that little pet rock in a lake, and it just ripples across the lake, and it just has an effect all over the place. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's having an effect everywhere, and it's just and it's building that momentum up. And it happened at the beginning of the year twenty four, and it's uh, it's very exciting to see that. Um, 
And then plus, don't forget, enforcement is on everybody back of everybody's mind. Because like you said before, Jay, uh, we passed these bills and there was no enforcement on them or anything. When we LCA enforce and gets a bill passed, we we stay behind it. We say like um, we're going, we've been going into these stores on the fur farms, uh, getting uh, fur coats from um, uh, slaughterhouses and stuff. So yeah, we're we're gonna stay on top of this. We're definitely not gonna let go of it. You could rest assured, uh, as sure as we're having this uh, conversation, this is gonna continue. The enforcement of this is gonna be taken very seriously. Okay, I'm going to jump in because we've got yet another caller. People are just really, wow. Uh, Tiffany in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our panel of heroes. Yes, this is great news. And thank you, Unchained TV, for covering this exciting news. I wanted to ask the animal liberation waves, what is their next, where do they go from here? Do they continue this campaign or... What are their next plans? Take it away. For the foremost thing, we would, because after the passage, this is not the end. We do have to spend this three years until the enforcement of the ban. Uh, spend it well to really monitor whether or not the transition of dog farms and slaughterhouses, which means shrinking of the dog meat industry that we used to have, is really happening at a satisfactory level. And afterwards, we, when the raising, slaughtering, and selling happens, we would need to monitor, as you do in LA, to monitor fur sales. So yeah, that's one of our missions. Uh, that's going to be our continued mission. And also, this, this overlaps with um, what we are talking about in this show, is that we definitely need to take this case to um, have impact on other farm animals or fur animals, I would say, uh, and spread veganism in South Korea. Because, um, you know, every animals are all the same. And it's not that only dogs were suffering from farms and uh, systematic exploitation when pigs, cows, chickens are not. Actually, more number of animals are being slaughtered every day in this um, continued business bigger industry. So we are, gear I think we are gearing up for a even bigger fight because it's an industry, the livestock industry, animal agriculture, as it is in the United States and South Korea too, it's, it's, it is another totally bigger scale industry. And we would like to, well, just one more thing. We, sure. what, what we're trying to do is um, make this change in South Korea to have an impact in, throughout the Southeast Asia and China and Japan too. And we are already seeing what we're seeing after the passage of dog meat ban. We are getting foreign um, coverage about how Indonesia is re responding, how people in China is responding, which is, I think South Korea is a, a, is a country in Asia that is really has um, powerful movement, civil rights movement. So what we see, what we make in this country, I definitely be believe is going to have, is, is good to have a ripple effect throughout the whole Asia. Yes. And um, people were asking to meet my other dog. This is my other companion animal, uh, Sunday. And she was rescued on a Sunday and she was found in Arlita running in the rain, no chip, no collar. And uh, 
uh, not spayed. Now both my animals are spayed because pet overpopulation is another big aspect of this problem, obviously. Um, I also want to talk about the dogs that Sheena Gow rescued. Um, she rescues dogs from the dog meat trade in China. I attended one of those events. Let's do a little clip and we'll talk about it on the other side. Come here, babies. Come on, boo boo. Oh, boo boo, boo boo, boo boo. Oh, look at these babies, all from China. Rescue from the dog meat trade. Hey, beauty. They're up for adoption. This one just got adopted by this lovely lady. Came in from Chicago. Oh, hi, baby. Hey, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on. Tell me how you feel about rescuing a dog. I feel I feel really great. Um, it's um, it, it's very honorable, and I feel like I'm on a mission. But I also I will love the dog and like give her a safe and a warm home, make her feel happy. So excellent work, Sheena Gao. You do so much. I have attended so many of your uh, events. Um, I just want to know how do you get these dogs out of China? Okay, thank you for the platform. Actually, I want to correct this. Uh, I personally do not strictly go to China rescue dogs. I work with a lot of rescue groups in China and in Chinese uh, organized rescues in America. So I give them a platform to adopt the dogs. I uh, foster them in position to the airport, pick them up. And there are organizations I work on the paperwork for them. Um, to go through the whole process of a medical checks, apply through CDC to get the dogs here to make sure these dogs are adopted. The one that you saw the last event, um, I was working with a couple other uh, Chinese rescue uh, dog groups, and they were able to get the dogs here and uh, just looking for loving homes to get them um, placed uh, from the meat trade. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. You're part of a much bigger team. I know you do have your own organization, Mercy for Chinese Dogs, but obviously it takes a village to make these things happen. My last question is, uh, GM, is there a plan to in any way try to work with these farms, these so-called farms that are manufacturing these dogs, uh, basically giant breeding facilities, to see if you know, there's a way you can get some of these dogs out, maybe help them transition to another line of work. Are you going to dialogue with them at all? Or is there just too much hostility there? I think it's a possibility. Um, there was also, uh, we do have some, I do know some farmers who are still working, who are still running their farms, but are also okay to speak with. And the thing is, when you see on the media, you see you will see only angry farmers. But then again, in South Korea, there are actually quite a bit of farmers who are okay to speak with and who are um, if who say that if only government uh, government compensation or government support is there down this business early. So. I think it's a, it's going to be another one of another one of our campaign lines to actually speak with these people how they think now and hear their opinions and I, I think our role is to just be in the middle um, between the government and these farmers to not only to speak for dogs of course we will need to gather 
stories from on the ground and de just deliver it to the government because um, to the government to really fast because what we want at the end of the day is to fasten these closure and transition of dog farms into another livelihood. If the if the industry shrinks fast, then then we're going to see some effects that is that's even earlier than the ban even takes place. So, yes. Yeah. We have only a, a minute left. Uh, Chris, what are your final thoughts on this? And again, wow, well done. Well, let me just say this. One of the things I feel made this very successful too is that the people over there and uh, the people that we dealt with in, as far as NGOs and uh, even the uh, MPs, no one made it a personal thing. No one lashed back at these uh, dog farmers and made it a personal thing. It's not them that we hate. It's what they're doing that we don't like. And that's and that was that was the focus on all this, and it stayed that way. So it didn't become a personal battle between, uh, you know, I say this about, about you, and then you say this about me. No, this is about the dog meat trade. It's wrong. It's really wrong. And uh, and that's what we stayed focused on. We never got sidetracked on personalities. We never got sidetracked on egos or anything like that. This is what I've always been talking about for the last 45 years. Stay focused on the issue. It's the issue that's going to win. And that's what came about in the, uh, in the forefront of this um, um, battle with the dog meat people. We are out of time. I want to thank all of you. You truly are my heroes. Uh, I would urge everybody watching, please download Unchained TV. We are a nonprofit, the world's only vegan streaming network, speaking up for animals. You can download it right on your phone. You can download it on uh, your Samsung TV or via Amazon Fire Stick, Roku, or Apple TV device. And you can also watch it online at unchainedtv.com. Uh, we can't do this without your help. Uh, we are completely almost 100% volunteer run. So thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time here on Unchained TV, Voice America podcast. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and 12 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.